Seventh Avenue Pizza, the official pizza of the Soda Pod. The Soda Pod, the official beer and hockey podcast of Seventh Avenue Pizza. The land of sky blue waters. Welcome to the Soda Pod. Ishidromi here, riding solo here on this Labor Day Monday. Yes, sorry, the podcast is dropping a little bit later on this Monday than usual. Uh, may have celebrated the long weekend a little too much last night. So, so there you go, there you go. But we're still here, and we got a great episode. Shorter, but. Jam-packed episode here for you guys today. Hoppy will be rejoining us next week as well. The preseason is here. Training camp is just around the corner, ladies and gentlemen. Great cash, homie. The 2023-2024 hockey season is back. And finally, finally, we're going to have some Minnesota Wild news to actually talk about. Credit to the Minnesota Wild. I do do have to say, they've been... At least keeping us on the leash, so to speak, with, you know, still keeping us on edge here in early September in regards to what's going to happen with Kalen Addison. I mean, Gustin was just signed, so there's a little something-something there. They continue to talk to players, um, hint at certain moves, you know, even well after free agency and, and the draft. So credit to the Wild who are somewhat keeping fans busy's the wrong word but uh <laughs> updated uh feeding our fix i'm just trying to have and talk about some hockey topics but it is the off season it is it was the dog days of summer it still is summer until I just have to say, was the 21st to the 22nd anyways of September. So we still have some time to enjoy this warm weather. Um, I went to the Minnesota State Fair for the first time. That was awesome. I'm, I'm not going to talk about it too much here solo. I'm going to wait and talk about it with Hoppy. Um, I did note some of my favorite beers I tried there. Uh, I'm happy that Hoppy had you know probably already tried some of the more gimmicky ones that I tried for the first time. And our lists are, are very different. I kind of went out of my comfort zone trying some... Like, I'm not a big seltzer guy, but I, I, I tried some funky seltzers. Um, very much followed the 10K takes 37 picks. Big shout out to Nick Lewis for putting that together. So anyways, we'll, we'll dive into both of our experiences this year at the State Fair on next week's episode. What we have coming up for you guys here today... We're going to talk a little bit about, well, the Minnesota Wild bringing back the green and gold sweater for their third jersey. Again, I wish Hoppy was here because I know his thoughts on it. Uh, The regular listeners, the diehards of the Soda Pod who've been listening to us, well, pretty much since Hoppy (laughs) has been part of the podcast, you will know Hoppy's take on it as well. For those new listeners, I mean, it's it's a fresh coat of paint, let's just say. It's, It's a fresh take. Uh, listening to Hoppy. I mean, don't always drink the Kool-Aid, ladies and gentlemen. Don't always drink the Kool-Aid. I know all the other Minnesota Wild podcasts, they swoon over this jersey. Hoppy's got a good perspective on it. So uh, I'll run that down as well as give my opinion on them leaning in to what is essentially the North Stars jersey versus 
changing the Minnesota Wild one to make it more unique to the fans today. But we'll get into that as well as talking about some of the best, you know, gold, green and gold, green and yellow sports jerseys out there. I'll name my favorite that honestly, they were all off the top of my head, which is why they're my favorite. And I want to hear your guys's as well. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Adam Beckman, but obviously I want to encourage you guys to go back and listen to both last the last Judge Buds episode and the one before that I joined Z as we had a lot of live commenters on uh, the YouTube broadcast who were talking about Beckman and Z and I and Z and Hoppy, um, though they spent a little less time on it than Z and I did. Um, check that out if you want more on Adam Beckman, but, but we'll cover a little bit of that here. And then finally, in the last segment of the show, Back to our Minnesota Wild 2000-2001 redraft. That's right, the expansion redraft for the Minnesota Wild. And we're going to be covering the Southeast Division. We'll talk about the players available and possible picks. And before the season starts, ladies and gentlemen, we have one more division to run down. Hoppy and I will give you our, each of our, or maybe just together... I say we might have to give each of our respective teams because I've definitely been building more of a fight-heavy team where I'm pretty sure Hoppy's been building more of a skill team. But but we'll we'll put our heads together on that and reveal the team or teams before the start of the season after we run down the last division. So that's the show. Let's get into it here on the other side. First, before we start talking hockey, I just want to give a big shout-out to our partners here on the show. Let's start with Better Edge. I mean, the football season, I mean, the NFL season is back. The CFL season is going. Not sure they have anything for CFL on that site, but that's okay. Uh, MMA is in full effect right now with some great pay-per-views coming up and all the action folks, especially in this state of Minnesota where... You can't bet. You can't sports gamble. Better Edge is the place to be. Go to betteredge.com slash the soda pod, ladies and gentlemen, and get 20 bucks to play around with. If you sign up, go to that link, follow Hoppy and myself, the fastest growing sports betting alternative app here in the great state of Minnesota. And we absolutely love our friends there at Better Edge. We also have our friends at Northland Vodka. <clears throat> May have dabbled in a little too much Northland Vodka this weekend myself. Uh, unbelievable company. Shout out to Mark Parrish and the entire crew there. We actually sat down with Mark Parrish earlier this summer. So check that out. I think it will be dropping on YouTube before the season. It is also on our podcast feed. Our friends at Waggle Golf. Folks, use the promo code SP10 for 10% off your order. One time use to so make sure to load your basket up, ladies and gentlemen. Load that cart up. Uh, they ship internationally they ship to canada they ship to the united states and now that the seasons are the season is starting to change i mean i know it's been warm in minnesota the last week or so but soon that september breeze is going to creep in ladies and gentlemen so be sure to check out some of the new hoodies some of the new quarter zips and of course the amazing hats and drops that have been coming out all summer you don't need any shorts now for the seasons coming up, ladies and gentlemen, unless you're hoppy. I guess you'll be wearing shorts till November. But uh, check out our friends at Waggle Golf, some of the best golf apparel, or just business casual, fly as fuck looking clothes out there. I mean, I don't golf. I don't even go to an office. This is my office. I work from home. I still love sporting that gear just to look unbelievable, and they're the best hats in the world. I'm very much a snapback guy, and I can wear those hats snapback and forward. And let's just say, Isha. Oh, 30, 30 years of my life, I've never been able to wear a hat forward and make it look good unless it's a waggle golf hat. Again, 
SP10. Use the promo code to get 10% off one-time use. So make sure to load your cart up. Obviously, we're going to give a shout out to Matt and the great crew at 7th Avenue Pizza. They fueled me this Labor Day weekend. Thank you, as always. The best frozen pizza out there. I Honestly, just one of the best pizzas out there. I will never eat Domino's again because, as I say, the Domino's box tastes better than the pizza anyways. Why would I waste my money on Domino's when I can spend the same amount or less on a 7th Avenue pizza? Uh, check them out on social media so you know where to find them. And with that being said... Let's get right into the show. So the Minnesota Wild, to no one's surprise at all, is bringing back the green and gold <clears throat> North Stars alternative jersey this season. I want to know your guys' thoughts on it. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening to the podcast, let us know. If you want to interact with us, as always, we are on our new Twitter account. The old one was hacked at SotaPod. There's no the, there's no the on Twitter anymore. That one has been hacked, but we are at the SotaPod on YouTube. Comment on the YouTube video if you interact with us there, and please go subscribe to the channel. We're 300 subs short of our goal of 1,000 subs before the season starts, so please help us out. We got one more month to get that YouTube channel to 1,000 subscribers. So let us know whether on social media, uh, hell, even in a review of the podcast, we want to hear your feedback on this one because I feel like it's more split then social media tends to show, okay? Are you happy that the Minnesota Wild are bringing back this jersey? I think the answer is either going to be yes or indifferent. My question to you guys is, are you happy that the Minnesota Wild are going back to the well and just milking this jersey, these colors, versus actually focusing on their main one and improving that. They've made no improvements, no real... There's been no real evolution. Now, I'm not suggesting they go full Vancouver Canucks, okay, and change it every freaking two years. That's not what I'm suggesting. I'm suggesting that they don't really care about the new generation of fans. In that sense, it's like you're just really milking this nostalgia. You're really milking the North Stars, which let's be honest, let's be honest. The majority of eyes watching the Minnesota Wild Hockey Club. Did I just say club? Hockey team on TV or in person at the rink. They're more my age. They're, you know what I mean? They're the younger generation. They're the millennials. And again... I think there's a loud group on social media that obviously just, they love the jersey. It looks good. And I'm not saying it looks bad. That's what I'm saying. Like, I have one. It, it's, a, it's a nice jersey. Don't get me Would I rather have a North Stars one? Absolutely. But the, the page has been flipped. It is over. I like, you know, they brought it back for a year. You bring it back for a game or two. Or maybe, like, you make that night special. And you do it one or two nights a season. You wear that one owed to the North Stars. I wish they could just wear the North Stars, much like uh, the Carolina Hurricanes wear the Hartford Whalers, but obviously with the the Dallas Stars, just we all know we all know the the legalities there. We all know the legalities there. But why aren't they focusing on the main one? Like, it's fine. Could it be better? Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm not suggesting like do a quick turnaround, force it. No, start doing some 
some marketing, some feedback on possible designs, trying some things out. Shoot, even at the AHL level, trying it out because I mean they're very similar in their color patterns, very similar in their branding. If they're you know tried out some funky or even just like again an evolution down there with even just some colors, obviously not the logo or anything like that, but obviously some colors. Like okay, that works. I mean, the Christmas tree, the Christmas tree. The red, you know, the, the predominant red, I know that one, again, it's split as well. I know Hoppy doesn't like it. I do like it, but do I think as a hockey jersey, it's like it's one of the better ones in the National Hockey League? No, I don't mind the red, and I'm a guy who usually doesn't like like red jerseys. I think it's fine. I just think it, it it's kind of embarrassing when your best jersey is essentially a college jersey, when it's the, the green with the cream that just says Minnesota down the crest. That is the Minnesota Wild's best jersey, and that sucks. That sucks that that is this franchise's best jersey. I wish, as creative as the logo is, and as much as I do like it, I think it's crazy that both Canadians and locals in Minnesota had no idea that it was both, you know, a beast, a bear, and had, you know, the North Star and the, the, the tree silhouette. Anyways, it's, that's neither here nor there. Y'all smoke way too much weed. Or maybe not enough, because I feel like the pot smokers actually would notice that shit. Anyways. <laughs> I don't know. I I wish the Wild would focus on their actual logo, their actual jersey, rather than continuing to sell nostalgia. Am I am I tired of it? No. Am I tired of everyone saying that it's amazing? Yes. And Hoppy's very much on the side of he doesn't like those colors together. Mind you, he might be just very biased because he's a Packers fan. But that leads me to my next, uh, my, next, my next topic point in this segment. Why do the new generation of Wild fans who had no connection to the North Stars at all, other than maybe your pops or grandpa sporting a, a jersey or a t-shirt, you know what I'm saying? Why are you guys defending the Packers colors? That's fucked up. That's fucked up. So I, I get what Hoppy's saying in the sense that, like, you know, our generation, we have no connection to the North Stars as, at all. Why not, you know, I guess, you know, why not rally like I am right now for the Wild to actually put out something new for, for us, for, for this generation of fans? And I think it's about, it's about time for a change. Now, I, I'm not suggesting go Vancouver Canucks, but at the same time, don't get stuck like the Washington Capitals, man. Two. They've had or three styles. That's it. And in fairness, their modern one is pretty much like the old one. We're just um, it's it's basically like a you know a 2020 font on Windows versus a, a 99 one. Like that that it, I don't even want to call it a fresh coat of paint because it's the same color. But anyways, um, some of the best yellow and or golden green jerseys. Let me know in the comments. Let me know on social media at VI Sports Talk. You can contact me or at SotaPod on Twitter at the SotaPod everywhere else. What are some of the best green and yellow slash gold and green jerseys? Off the top of my head, some of my favorites. Um, they start with the uh, Green Bay Pack. No, I'm just kidding. F fuck the Packers. Uh, Seattle Sonics. Always loved watching the Seattle Sonics. Grew up. They were close to home for me in Vancouver, British Columbia. 
And as soon as the Grizzlies left, I mean, I feel like most people on the West Coast of Canada either followed the Raptors or they followed the the Seattle Supersonics. Um, I was lucky enough to go see Steve Nash play there at the old Key Arena underground. Um, the last year the Seattle Sonics were in the in the NBA. I think I got like tickets for like twenty bucks from a scalper. I mean, this was this was everyone in Seattle knew the team was was done this year. Maybe not done but they it wasn't a good situation but i got to see steve nash with the phoenix suns play a young kevin durant in his first season so that memory will always hold true and again i just love the jerseys uh gary payton right like what a and I'm, that was the the era of basketball that i actually liked now i was really young so i don't remember watching it live but my dad used to like tape all the big games to, to show me. And we still have some of those VHSs at home, which are pretty cool. And a lot of Seattle Sonics games, especially when they played the Bulls that one season, gave them a little bit of, uh, of difficulty. Uh, I also like the Prince Albert Raiders jersey, but not the one that they have right now because that one's more silver green and I think black. But the the original one, the one that they tried to bring back and all you crazy white people canceled... Y'all telling us brown people what we are allowed and not allowed to like. Y'all are crazy. You all canceled it. Again, if that tweet is still out there, it's a few years old now. Um, when the Prince Albert Raiders, you know, tweeted the picture of bringing back the jersey, the Sultan jersey, the most beautiful jun junior hockey jersey of all time. When they wanted to bring that one out, all the comments, so many people on their high horse this is racist this is you know blah 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 and a lot of you in the minnesota market too i, I saw you i saw you four brown people in the comments i love this this brings me pride i can't wait to buy one of these for my kids and me of course going scorched earth anyways it's an absolute shame that y'all canceled that jersey. It's an absolute shame that you took that pride away from us. The few brown fans in hockey, okay? Even, you know, I mean, I shouldn't say few because like half the Canucks fans are <laughs> East Indian. Hey, that's, there's a big population there in Vancouver and I love you all, but I was talking to a lot of you as well. A lot of uh, people in Canucks Twitter. I mean, my brothers and sisters, my cousins. <laughs> I'm Persian, they're Indian. That was maybe a little racist. Anyways, I've talked to them as well, and they, they were just as blown away that, you know, even though it was a representation, uh, representation of uh, likely, like, an Arab man, a Saudi, the way that they were dressed and everything, a sultan, it still was cool. And, and I'm very much, like, the whitest brown dude in my family. I don't even speak Farsi. I'm, like, one of the only ones who, do who doesn't speak Farsi. You know, I mean, if you're watching on YouTube, I mean, look at my getup right now, right? Look at my getup. I have, I don't own any Lacoste, not even uh, not even cologne, okay, not even the cologne. So, uh, but still, I, I felt a little bit of pride. I really did. Um, and uh, yeah. So, anyways, uh, fuck you to everyone who canceled that one. You crazy ass people. Anyway, <laughs> um, as we get this train back on track, before we go, uh, we <laughs> flip the page. Some actual, some more wild talk here. Uh, the Brazilian soccer World Cup jerseys unbelievable unbelievable Ronaldinho in that back in the day growing up I mean I want I wanted that jersey so shoot I think I even had a Ronaldinho jersey when I was a kid um shirt I should say and that one came from Walmart not like Adidas or Nike or whatever sponsoring them but still I, uh, I loved that one uh the Oregon Ducks man the Oregon Ducks great jerseys they make it work and uh the Humboldt Bron Broncos ladies and gentlemen which uh man it's crazy it's been 
that long since there was it like five or oh, pushing six years five six years since the accident oh man that was crazy i was at a junior hockey game when uh I, with some friends from saskatchewan hell i had a friend who played in the sjhl and all of them looked at their phone there three of them they all looked at their phones at the same time they all got like a, the same text from a from a family member and they they all just kind of like went their face just went white like like they look like ghosts and uh yeah, it was it was it was nothing. They didn't know how severe it was. They just heard that there was an accident, and then we actually even went out after that uh, to the bar. And then it was later that night that the one of my friends called me and was like, "Man, have you heard more details on this?" And I was like, "No." And he, yeah, he shared what what he was told at the time. And then the next day, obviously, we we heard about the tragedy. So uh, I just want to give a big shout to Humboldt. I mean, the community, the team, uh, a lot of the families are are doing better, which is awesome. And uh, and there's just still so much support for for that franchise. And uh, again, green and gold, baby, green and gold. All right. On the other side, let's uh, continue talking about the Minnesota Wild and have a little discussion on Adam Beckman. And then we'll close out the show with our Minnesota Wild expansion redraft here on the Soda Pod. Beckman, where does he fit? And I'm not talking on the Iowa roster. I'm not talking about the Minnesota roster in particular. I'm talking about in this organization as a whole. Now, the Minnesota Wild have a have a great problem problem right now. Let's be perfectly honest. They have a massive, massive prospects pool on the defensive side, on hell, in the goalie side, and in the forward side. And they have a few guys in Iowa who are either knocking on the door, ready for that first big NHL test, coming out of camp. Hell, even for an extended time, if a player's not working out, you know, in the first 20, game of the 20 games of the season. And then you have guys like Adam Beckman, who I truly think is ready for the National Hockey League. Now, obviously, this is the Marco Rossi that everyone wants to see more and, quite frankly, should be priority given where he was drafted, given, you know, how honestly he did better than Adam Beckman in, in Iowa the last two seasons. But to say that Adam Beckman is, you know, behind even the likes of Sammy Walker, I think is incorrect. Sammy Walker is one of those who was knocking out the door when he was given an opportunity to look good, will be a good call-up guy this season. Now, the Minnesota Wild, they don't have room on the roster to give all three of these guys a chance coming out of camp. Like, if they're lucky, if, if we're lucky as a fan, it's going to be one. And it's going to be Rossi. But at the end of the day, Adam Beckman, he's ready. And I hate when all you folks are just look at the the points. Okay, yeah. Oh, he only has one assist in 12 games playing with the Wild versus, you know, Walker who's able to put up more points. I don't give a shit. You are the same people who just look at analytics and don't actually watch the games. You're on your phone when the game is playing, tweeting about analytics and shit. You know what I mean? You gotta mix the analytic because analytics are a great tool, but you have to mix that with the eye test or else I'm never going to take you seriously, to be perfectly honest. And those people who are saying that Adam Beckman are not ready for the National Hockey League or those who are just looking at their phones, just looking at the numbers. And even then, I feel like you're being biased because the numbers look damn good for Adam Beckman. Two full seasons in the American Hockey League, 11 goals, 34 points in 68 games, fought some injury. 
fought some adversity from the coaching side too. I, I mean, the, the staff clearly didn't have, I mean, Tim Army at that time clearly didn't have the confidence in him. And going into this season, no matter, I mean, what, what did they say? He should go home and shoot friggin' pucks at his garage or some bullshit like that. Dude, this year in Iowa, he tore it up. 24 goals in 53 games. Dude, he was a goal-scoring machine. He was a goal-scoring machine, and it's, and it's not even like that was his only tool. The 12 assists, you know, they don't tell you the story of, like, how aware this guy was on the ice there. How he was one of the better players on this team, especially the second half of the season. But I would say, you know, since day one, obviously there was a couple lows. Every player goes through a few of them in the season. Iowa season wasn't perfect. There were some ups and downs. Dude, he is so ready. And it's just, he looked so comfortable in his nine games last year with the Minnesota Wild. Unable to produce, but I don't know if he hit the post at the NHL level, but I know, and Z confirmed this, in the AHL, he was hitting posts left, right, and center too, and still scoring at the crazy pace that he was at. Unbelievable. He was always involved in the offense. A very offensive aware player. Not a defensive first player by any means, but like, He's not one you have to be worried about on the defensive side. Or at least, like I said, he's very aware in his positioning. Maybe like on the, the pure one-on-one battles on the board, sure, he's not the biggest guy. But as far as positionally, I don't know. Handful of times maybe where, like I've, been, where I've watched some of his plays, watched my AHL games where it's just like, oof, like that, that wasn't a good shift. That wasn't a good showing by Adam Beckman. And usually when he's out there, you notice him. You notice him. Great skater, unbelievable shot. Oh, so this goes back to my first uh, question. Where does he fit in this organization? Is he too good for the AHL where the Wild have to give him a shot this year? Do the Wild make room for him on the team? That means like literally making a trade to take one of those roster players off. Maybe get a little assets back if it's a, you know, a Hartman, a Felino. Um, you know, name your player there. Do they make room for him? I'm personally not in that camp. I don't think they, they do that at this point uh, in the offseason. Do they use him to upgrade an NHL roster spot? In, sense, in the sense of adding him in a package with obviously you know an NHL player at this point to, to upgrade a spot. They are a deep team as far as every line is hard to play against, but not every line is ripping it up offensively. So it'd be good to get a, a more well-rounded player Somewhere, second, third line, you know, an established player, an upgrade. I don't know why I keep, you know, laying down the hammer on this point, an upgrade. So, so those are the three things. And I'll ask you guys again, comment on YouTube, uh, give us some feedback and a review with your thoughts on this and or hit us up on social media at VI Sports Talk at the at State of Hoppy or at Sota Pod. Is he too good for the AHL? Do the Minnesota Wild have to make room for him a la trading a player to make sure that he has a roster spot? Or do the Minnesota Wild use him in a package to upgrade a position in the National Hockey League? Let me know in the comments. Let me know your thoughts on Adam Beckman, where he fits in this organization, and what is next for him. And what, and what the Wild have to do next. Because though he will do well in the AHL again this season, and he's only 22 years old, We've been talking about him for like three years now. Let's see what this guy has. I feel like he's proven himself. All right, on the other side, we're going to keep the focus on the Minnesota Wild, but this time we go 
Back in time, we turn back the clocks. That's right. The Minnesota Wild, a 2000 expansion redraft Southeast Division on the other side. Check the mic and make sure it sounds right, boys. All right, we are back for our Minnesota Wild expansion redraft. And we are tackling the Southeast Division here today, ladies and gentlemen, which consisted of, which included, I should say, the Washington Capitals, the Carolina Hurricanes, the Florida Panthers. Atlanta Thrashers were exempt, so the last team was the Tampa Bay Lightning. The first year that Tortorella took over, by the way, if I'm not mistaken, or Tortorella was part of the... Oh, yeah, so that was the year uh, Tortorella got added to the staff. Wow. Anyways, let's get into it. If you haven't been following along uh, this summer, we have been covering all of the divisions, and Hoppy and I have been going over who's available and essentially, we are going to redraft the Minnesota Wilds team under the current rule set, but utilizing the players that were available in the expansion draft back then. Now, we went through almost all the divisions so far. I believe yeah, our last divisions, obviously Southeast, which is what we're tackling here today. And I think the only other one was... Atlantic? I think Atlantic's the only other one we haven't done yet. So next week we'll tackle that one and then we will well, we will make our official picks and draft either a team together or a team separate as put it this way. A lot of the a lot of the guys that I've been uh <clears throat> that I've been listing on my personal list very much fight heavy fighters. I mean, this this expansion team, no one want, would want to play them other than like two or three skilled guys. Which one of them is, is going to be in this draft here today, which I was very surprised was left unprotected, given that he continued to play very well in his National Hockey League career after this draft. Uh, yeah, one or two skill guys, and then like it's pretty much broad street bullies. No one wants to play this team. But uh, let's get right into it, folks. Let's get into the Washington Capitals. Shout out to ESPN.com, by the way. They have this ESPN.com slash NHL slash news 2000, and then, you know, some numbers and whatever there. They have... Straight up, Monday, June 19th, year 2000, they published an article that had every protected and available list for every single team in the National Hockey League, and this honestly made this exercise possible, so shout out to ESPN. Let's start with the Washington Capitals. All right, as we can see on the protected list here, some good names, uh, James Black, Peter Bondra, Ulf Dahlin, I'm not going to read them all out because, you know, that's Hoppy's job. I butcher the names. Adam Oates, Chris Simon. Dude, Chris Simon. Talk about a beast of a player. Richard Zednick, Sergei Gonchar, uh, Cal jo uh, Johansson, Ken Klee, Joe Recchi, Brendan Witt, and Olaf Kolzig, the Vancouver Islander. Olaf Kolzig, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. That's right. He's from Vancouver Island. I saw his house in Comox. It's sick. So anyways, those are the protected lists for the Washington Capitals. Let's take a look at some of the available players here. Look, a, not a lot of well-known names. Let's be perfectly honest. I'm not going to read through all of them here, but some notable forwards. Joe Sacco, Barry Moore. I mean, I have them on screen here, and you guys can check it out on YouTube as I'm going to post this one. Jim McKenzie. Uh, Mika Elomo, which I, I really wished he would have had. I really wish he would have been a good hockey player, but he, he really wasn't. Again, I went through every single one of these guys and uh, <laughs> and did my research on who I would pick. Nolan Baumgartner, uh, 
I guess I should say longtime Vancouver Canuck, and he's been in the Canucks organization as an assistant coach for many years. I think now he's taken over as the full-time head coach for the Chicago Wolves. Um, Sergei uh, Zemakov, Martin Brochure. I mean, those not Brochure, Brochure, Joe Murphy. Those might be the only like the only guys that are. Memorable that that stand out here again for me, my generation anyways, watching uh, hockey and, you know, being a hockey fan. But anyways, uh, I got two potential picks here. I got one on forward, which is Joe Sacco. And again, I said some of you might know who Joe Sacco, some of the old timers anyways. Yeah, Joe Sacco. So at that time, 2000-2001, again, nothing crazy. He was definitely like a fourth or third liner, but he was a National Hockey League player at that time. Uh, he played that season, played a season after that, and then had one up and down AHL and NHL. So, again, I went through, uh, you know, college player, Boston University. I went through all the players on that list. This guy was actually something. <laughs> and then ultimately, Nolan Baumgartner on, and Joe Sacco forward, Nolan Baumgartner, uh, defenseman. Again, wasn't a world beater as far as a point getter, but a long National Hockey League career nonetheless. I was uh, relatively young when he was with the Capitals, too. Still considered like an AHL guy. But with some potential. He went 10th overall in the 1994 draft. Eventually, he landed with the Vancouver Canucks twice. And played some meaningful games with them. Uh, 34 points. 70 games. And that was his career high in the National Hockey League. Damn, like that's crazy. I guess when he was given an opportunity, he actually did good. So maybe... Given an opportunity with the Minnesota Wild, Nolan Baumgartner. Again, a defensive guy. Put up that many points. Wow, I wonder who was in front of him that year. <clears throat> Sedins, maybe? Uh, West Coast Express? <laughs> Anyways, wrapping up the Washington Capitals. That is who, those are the two guys that I would consider picking. Either on defense, Nolan Baumgartner, or Joe Sacco. And again, Nolan Baumgartner, a young Nolan Baumgartner. Um, Joe Sacco, you know, only had two... Uh, two, three seasons left in him. All right, moving on to the Carolina Hurricanes. Little young Paul Maurice coaching them at that time. Here's some of the players on the team. Let's take a look at them and who their protected list was. All right, here we are, Carolina Hurricanes. And you know what? They were stacked. They were stacked. Look at some of their names that they have on their protected list. Rod Brindamore, Ron Francis, Sammy Kapanen. Uh, Sandy McCarthy, Jeff O'Neill, Gary Roberts, Sean Hill, Merrick Malik, the absolute shootout king himself. Well, that one time. Um, but look at some of their players because they had a stacked team. Man, some of the players they had available. I mean, look at Eric Dandeno, Jeff Daniels, Gilbert Dion, Martin Jelena. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Dmitry Gorenko. Oh, what are some of the other names? Uh, Mike Marone. Paul Coffey. But Paul Coffey did retire after this season, folks. So, uh, Dave Carpa. Uh, and the rest of them I don't really know. But the key name on this Her Carolina Hurricanes list is Marte Jelena. He was still Jelen. He was still... That was a terrible joke. That was a terrible pun. Uh, he he was still dominating at that time. He was still in his prime. In 
2000, he got 30 points in 81 games, 14 goals. The next year, he had one of his best seasons, 23 goals, 52 points. Now, mind you, he was with a really good team with the Carolina Hurricanes, but man, he definitely had potential. He definitely had potential. Also played with the Vancouver Canucks, Edmonton Oilers, Quebec Nordics. He bounced around quite a bit. But a solid player, and, and the fact that he was available in this draft. It's curious why the Minnesota Wild didn't consider him, especially since uh, no one picked him, and he stayed with the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, he was a first-rounder in, in the 1988 draft, seventh overall to the Los Angeles Kings. Never played with Los, An Los Angeles. Was he included in the Gretzky trade since he went to Edmonton? Didn't do my research for that one, but very well a possibility. And my second potential pick, you know, you know, maybe, maybe he was unavailable. Maybe he was already taken by, uh, by Columbus. But uh, Byron Ritchie, he's a center. Uh, he's actually out of Burnaby, BC, so a good BC boy, Canadian, British Columbia boy. Uh, played in the WHL, Lethbridge, Lethbridge Hurricanes. He was a seventh rounder who was up and down in the IHL, AHL, and. Uh, and the National Hockey League. But when he was active in the, in the league, he was actually pretty good. More of a grinder. I mean, even the WHL, look at some of the, point, or some, some of the points, sure, that he put up. But look at some of the penalty minutes that he put up. The points didn't necessarily translate to the National Hockey League game. But they did, in a sense, to the AHL and IHL at that time. Where he was able to put up, you know, 66 points, 30 goals in a season. And 166 penalty minutes. Um... Look, never put up more than like 10 to 15 points in the National Hockey League. Did spend his last year in the NHL with the Vancouver Canucks, putting up 11 points and 80 penalty minutes. Uh, so at the time of the expansion draft, he played four games with the Carolina Hurricanes. Or he had played uh, actually quite a bit of games with the Carolina Hurricanes, but that season, the next season anyways, in... 2000, 2001, he would play predominantly. We would have that great season with the IHL. The next, and you know, yeah, the next season played four games. And it wasn't until he was shipped to Florida or signed with the, the Florida Panthers that he actually played two consistent seasons, somewhat consistent seasons in the National Hockey League, where he split time in the minors and in the National Hockey League. 30 and 31 games apiece in the NHL those two years. So a decent option as well if, uh, like I said, if, Martin Gelina was not available. Moving on to the Florida Panthers. Man, what a what a protected list here as well. Pavel Bure, Scott Mellenby, Rob Niedermeyer, Ray Whitney, Peter Warwell, Todd Simpson, and Trevor freaking Kidd, man. Not a bad goalie. Underrated goalie out there. <laughs> Hoppy's like Ishii you have no idea who the hell he is uh, on their available list not not really any names that stand out to you maybe Cam Stewart one of them Lance Pitlick because he's a Minnesota boy Rocky Thompson Ray Shepard Brent Thompson I guess Mike Vernon who's actually yeah you look at his, his, his stats a career in uh, 89 save percentage you know playing in the 80s and 90s Psh. Not bad at all. And look at this. Was a starter for the Calgary Flames between 87 and 94. He was with Detroit, 95, 97. He actually won the Conn Smythe in 97 as well. 
and an absolute stud to be perfectly honest like two-time stanley cup winner with the calgary flames and the detroit red wings and again himself like he would never go down as like a superstar goalie but like he was good enough to be like he was a starter in the national hockey league he was a starter in the national hockey league clearly now that calgary flames team they were awesome that Detroit team was amazing. Continued to play well for the San Jose Sharks later in his career and then went back to the Calgary Flames for two more seasons in the early 2000s. Obviously wasn't picked up in the expansion draft and was able to go play in Calgary one more year. Only played 18 games. I wonder if that was, you know, if, if young Kipper self. I forget who the Calgary Flames had as their second goalie that year. Okay, it was Roman Turek. Got you. So Kippers, yeah, Kippersov didn't join until a couple more years, I think. But anyways, uh, I think Mike Vernon was a great option. Even though he was a little long in the tooth at that time, he did play another two seasons, and he did fine. He did fine. But let's be honest. The Minnesota Wild, I don't care how many points he had. He was a defenseman. It didn't really matter. You got to pick Lance Pitlick, baby. Gophers alumni earned his time in the National Hockey League, grinding it out in the AHL, up and down, up and down. Prince Edward Island centers, by the way. They would have been so awesome to play Prince Edward Island back in the day. And it was a longtime sen senator between 97 and 02. Played with the Senators. A hard-nosed defenseman. Again, not a flashy guy. Didn't put up a lot of points, but the, the penalty, penalty minutes were there. And he was a, a key factor in the Senators making the playoffs for that five-year run. Honorable mention on the list, by the way, Brent Thompson. Over 300 penalty minutes, average in the AHL. Now, it wasn't average throughout his whole career, but multiple seasons we had over 300 penalty minutes in the AHL and over 100 in the National Hockey League if he was given more than 40 games. So he's, uh, you know, if, if, if either of these guys aren't on the board, you know what I'm saying, then, then that's a deep cut pick, Brent Thompson. So three, three players available, three players that I have highlighted for Florida. Last but not least, the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's right, Atlanta. They were so new to the league that they were exempt from this expansion draft. So we're going with the Tampa Bay Lightning. All right, projected list. Shoot, not even a lot of guys that I was familiar with when I looked this up. I mean, Dan Kluche, obviously Vancouver Canucks goalie, but he was protected. Pavel Kubina, not a bad player. Todd Warner. Uh, Sergey Gusev, Brian Holzinger, Dwayne Hay. I mean, like Ryan uh, Johnson, Frederick Modine. I mean, yeah, the Tampa Bay Lightning. They, they, Mike Johnson. I know Mike Johnson. They, they weren't. They weren't the greatest at that point. And so, naturally, looking at the available list, I was like, I don't know any of these guys, man. I mean, Xavier Del Isle, Delisle. I don't fucking know what his last name is. Sean Burr. I mean, Bruce Gardner, Dan Kessel. Like, I didn't know any of these guys. Steve Martins, though, a little bit familiar. Uh, Jason Kalimor, like I knew the name, but anyways, I literally had to look up every single player on the available list. And let's just say you ain't getting much from the Tampa Bay Lightning here. You ain't getting much from the Tampa Bay Lightning here. If at the point in this draft, we are hurting for centers, Bruce Gardner, he is an option. Played uh, for the Barry Colts and also played NCAA. Funny enough, also played for the Prince Island, Prince Edward Island Senators. And with 
the Ottawa Senators, funny enough, in that nine, that's so funny, just like that of uh, Lance Pitlick. He was his teammate there in Ottawa from 97 to 2002. The Columbus Blue Jackets actually picked him in the expansion draft. He had his best season in the National Hockey League with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Only nine points with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Oof, yeah, that just was not a good year for him at all. But hey, one of the players of uh, that could be an option. And, uh, and clearly he was, as the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, took a chance on him there. He only played one season after that in 2 with the New Jersey Devils. And yeah, you could definitely you definitely see that he, like, he either got the minutes in Columbus or something was clicking there. Something was clicking there. Finally, uh, last player who I would consider on this list. And again, this isn't me. This isn't doing the draft right now. This is just going over the players, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Hoppy and I will make... Our, well, we will have our official draft, you know, upon us taking all these notes together. And we want to hear your guys. If you guys want to build a draft too, if you've been listening along, please send us your picks for every team um, now or, you know, shoot, when we drop that piece of content. We have one more division to run down. That is the Atlantic Division, which we will do next week. But the final player that we will highlight, the, fire po- the final potential player that I would pick from the Tampa Bay Lightning would be Yasin Kulimor. Might be Quimor. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Again, this this is this is why we pay Hoppy the big bucks. Uh, Peterborough Pete's alumni drafted by the Vancouver Canucks in the second round in 1991. Uh, played three seasons with the Canucks before moving on to the Montreal Canadiens and joined Tampa Bay for a. For a good stretch because he was not picked in the expansion draft, but uh, played with them for three seasons leading up to the draft. Look, sturdy, stay-at-home, solid defenseman. Didn't have too much Stanley Cup experience leading up to that point, nor after, as he only played in two Stanley Cup playoffs after the expansion draft, only two prior to that. One with the Vancouver Canucks, one with the Montreal Canadiens. But he went on to actually play a ton more in the National Hockey League. He ended up playing 812 games overall. Now, I know that's hindsight. I know that's... But still, I'm not letting what he did after the expansion draft sway me. I'm definitely looking at... You know, he's part of Vancouver, so that that's... That's obviously a little biased. That's something that's swaying me. But, it, but no, he, he played a solid amount of... NHL time before this draft, though I don't know a lot of the names and familiar with the Tampa Bay team and all the protected protected players there. Maybe they figured that he would slip through the cracks and he wouldn't be picked, which is why they left him unprotected compared to some other guys on that list. But uh, clearly they were happy with him because he dressed with the Tampa Bay Lightning for how many years? Uh, one, two, three, four more years after that before playing two years with the Chicago Blackhawks and ending his career. Well, no, and then two years with Florida Panthers and then ending his year with the Chicago, Chicago Blackhawks in 2011 for one more season. Uh, he went over and made some money in uh, the German League in 2012 after that. So anyways, uh, we went through the Washington Capitals. Nolan Baumgartner, Joe Sacco. Bob Gardner being a defenseman, Joe Sacco being a forward. Those would be my potential picks from the Washington Capitals. Carolina Hurricanes, Martin Gellin, pretty much a lock, ladies and gentlemen. Again, Paul Coffey was retiring after that season. Byron Ritchie, if Gellin wasn't available. I mean, a depth centerman, he's okay as well. Hell, you could even probably put him at wing. 
Florida Panthers, Lance Pitlick, obviously, or Mike Vernon on the goalie side. If neither of them available, Brent Thompson, again, just a uh, an enforcer. Tampa Bay Lightning, because the Atlanta Thrashers were exempt. Uh, Bruce Gardner, he's an okay center. Yasin, Coolmore, solid defenseman. Those are my picks this week. Potential picks this week, I should say, for the Southeast Division as we revisit history as we turn back the clocks as we redraft for the minnesota wild again big shout to espn for having this list available so that's it folks that is the show comment your picks if you have different picks following along here on youtube or the last few weeks via podcast uh leave us a kind review and rate the podcast if you don't mind folks on apple Podcasts, spotify wherever you listen to podcasts uh go support our partners on this show ladies and gentlemen seventh avenue pizza northland vodka waggle golf don't forget to use the promo code sp10 upon checking out for 10 percent off and better edge betteredge.com slash the soda pod Excited to get back on the mic with Hoppy next week, guys. Excited for news. Hockey news. Training camp is about to begin. Young Stars camps are well underway in Canada. I can feel it. It's been a down summer for me when it come, came to hockey because, I mean, last year we just had so much going on. Just moved to Minnesota. It was, there, was just, there was just so much. And when the hockey season ended, it was like, okay. I just kind of zoned out on hockey for a little bit, obviously looking at news, doing the podcast weekly, but like I'm, I wasn't in it. Whereas like I am in it now. I'm listening to shows back home in Canada or from, from back home in Canada. I'm listening to every wild podcast again, you know, as I'm working out and, and, and taking notes, you know, on my phone for, for podcasts, you know, topics for things to, to talk about with our friends and, and fellow creators in the podcast and YouTube space. So Get excited, folks. We are back. Check us out on YouTube. Please, if you're a supporter of the podcast, please subscribe on YouTube, ladies and gentlemen. It really will help us out. We're trying to hit our goal of 1,000 subscribers by the start of of the season. We have one more month to get 300 more subscribers on the channel, so please help us out. We post daily clips of all of our podcasts, all of our shows on the channel, as well as unique videos just for YouTube, vlogs, brewery content, sit-downs with... Uh, some of our friends in the in the world of craft beer there's a little something for everyone on the channel so smash the like button on all the videos that you watch if you're watching if you've watched any of the videos and uh and please subscribe to the channel with that being said i'm isha Jerome signing off for this on this beautiful labor day monday this has been the soda pod presented by our friends at better edge seventh avenue pizza northland vodka and waggle golf we're all good ladies and gentlemen don't fear, just drink some beer. Some nice cool beer under this still hot summer sun because that September breeze is rolling in soon, ladies and gentlemen. Don't fear, just drink some beer and stay wild. Join us for another week in the den of Husky's Warming House podcast action. Nick and I don't just work the MNCAA scene. We have our own show, too, with new episodes every week. Find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and everywhere you enjoy your favorite hockey podcasts. If you can find the Soda Pod, you can find us there, too, along with CenterizeView.com and Huskies Illustrated.